Season 2, Episode 3, back on the Zoom train I am again this week. But it's OK, we're only heading up the road short at distance up to Maynooth. And my guest this week hails all the way from Cork, so it kind of feels it's a hometown gig. But I'm delighted to be joined by folk artist Sarah Buckley. Sarah, how are you doing? Good, yeah. Well, OK. Actually, when I was driving home there, two red lights came on in my car, <laughs> which distracted me and I took a wrong turn, so I got caught in traffic. So, oh, doing okay. <laughs> the trials and tribulations, eh? Yeah, yeah, the commuting life. So you're doing quite well at the minute. I mean, I've, I've, I've been following you for years now on social media and listening to your music, but especially from the summertime, you've been playing a lot of gigs. You're kind of, you're, you're a busy lady. Uh, yeah, I think you were kind of first on the scene. Like, you're probably listening since I started playing music. <laughs> um, I played, like, I only started learning how to play music as an adult. So okay. um, I was only playing music about a year when you got me, came out. And I think maybe that was when you maybe you play, you gave that a spin or something maybe that's when we we kind of got in touch but um and then um you and then i suppose personal life kind of happened and i had to stop for a bit and then there was world events <laughs> that we won't go get into the great pause and, that's what i refer to yeah, it as and uh and that kind of put pause to it and here we are now and i'm picking up kind of where i left off and i still have my first ep out now it'll be out in january but uh it's been a bit of a windy road. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I got back to it now, like following world and life events um, in the last couple of months. So I'm trying to be busy with it. Yeah, and you're playing some nice venues as well. You've been opening up for some artists and they're lovely venues you've been playing in. Yeah, it's just one of the nicest. Um, I've kind of been lucky with support slots, just that, they, you know, a few of them kind of get put my way and... They're always, um, I'm just always really grateful. It's always a really nice, a nice thing, you know, to be supported by your peers, Mm. you know, for them to to, to see something in what you're doing and letting them have your stage for a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know what? It's also a good way to, I guess, draw a new audience, isn't it? Yeah, sometimes there's a really good fit as well. Like um, Mark Geary, I supported last week and I just found maybe the people that support his music would be interested in the type of music that I try to make. Um, mm. And that would kind of feed into your audience point, you know. So. Okay, I asked you and you've come on the podcast to chat about the four songs that you've written that are most personal to you. Now, the first one that you've chosen is a song called Magic Powers. So why did you pick this one, Sarah? This has been a funny exercise, picking the four songs, because... Yeah, like these are probably the first songs that I wrote, um, which is kind of very personal. I'm not that interesting to a lot of people, but this would be the first song that I would have shared with people, you know. So I, I didn't I didn't know covers. I didn't play music. But then all of a sudden I just was like, kind of have this secret. I mean, people have had worse secrets, but mine was that I want to write songs. <laughs> and I came out with a, with this song and I, it, was, it was a little bit like I said, I'm going to join the circus, you know, like because... I don't know anybody who, you know, like if we go to a family event now and there's a guitar, like I'll play a song, but then the guitar will be put away, you know, like mm. there's nobody else that, it's not that we pass the guitar around or that I know anybody in the arts really for a living, you know. I mean, people, I know people that they like to sing and, but yeah, so it was a bit of, it was a bit of a moment for me to say, actually, I'm coming out as a singer songwriter. <laughs> and yeah, and I suppose maybe I've, you know, in the little time that we talked about there that has lapsed, I would hope that I've progressed a little bit and that maybe, maybe this, just because I think the more time you spend doing something, hmm. hopefully you do. And maybe the, the songs that I'm writing now might be a little bit better, but it was important to me not to dismiss this first little collection, this first little EP, because I think there's kind of, there might be a naivety in it that I won't be able to reproduce, you know. Okay. Um, and I, when I wrote these songs, I didn't have any audience in mind or anything like that. It never occurred to me that I would release it or put it out or, mm. you know, so so there's a definite kind of, yeah, just naivety or something that's captured there that um, I just... I just didn't want to dismiss it, so I just thought I'd share them. I have this weird analogy as well that like songs are kind of like I say this might make no sense, but maybe maybe you'll get it. Songs can feel like a nice dress or something that mm. like if you just leave it hanging in the wardrobe, 
it needs a day out. It doesn't like a dress that never gets out of the wardrobe. Never it doesn't make any sense. You know, mm. you don't know how it hangs or if it fits or, you know, it's that's not what its purpose is. It's not to be left in there. And I kind of felt like that about the songs. They weren't really that. They weren't made just. You know, they make more sense when they get off my laptop. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. Now, taking you back, I mean, this song, So Magic Powers, is from your early days. So what was your thought process when you were writing this? Because I'm intrigued by the who has the magic powers or what are the magic powers <laughs> that you talk about? I know. And I kind of, I was looking at the collection of songs there when we were connecting on Zoom and I was like, kind of thrown a red herring here because I, I don't know my this optimistic I've kind of thrown four optimistic songs at you <laughs> I think my latest collection have taken a dark turn uh, they're a bit, little bit darker or grittier or heavier or something so again but it's nice to capture this moment before maybe we head down that alley but um, yeah uh, I must have been in good form at the time <laughs> magic powers like I'm not I'm not somebody who believes in all that stuff but I'm somebody who looks for it like the magic and the mundane or you know mm. I kind of very believe that like every day should be you know there should be something I suppose I don't think it should be mundane you know I, mm. I try to make make something of, of each day make you know um, and not just fall into a kind of a the humdrum routine, you know. Yeah. But um, so that's it's kind of looking for the magic <laughs> in the yeah in the mundane rather than like it's not that I believe in it's not that I operate in an ethereal thing or it's not that I go to the moon and you know. Yeah, I love the opening lines. Normal days are up in lights when you're spending them with me, and I love this line in particular. It's champagne in a mug when you're giving me my tea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, having a cup of tea, getting up. I think there's a line in there about sinking Sunday because there was a while there where I was like, are Sundays supposed to be like this? You know, where you, you just dread the week. <laughs> you don't know, think kind of... It's an Irish thing, isn't it? Like, we, 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 all, yeah. we, we all feared the Glen Row theme tune ending on a Sunday night because it meant we got school mm. tomorrow or work tomorrow. Yeah, and that it kind of... Like, should we... Is that okay? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we should feel like... I don't think... Well, what's happening on Monday that has us dreading? Anyway, I was trying to get rid of those kind of, the dread and, yeah. Well, do you know what? We'll take a listen to the first song and then we'll come back and chat some more about it. Okay, my guest this week is Sarah Buckley and this is the first song that she's chosen. This is the very beautiful Magic Powers. Normal days are up in lights and you're spending them with me. It's champagne in a mug when you're giving me my tea. Cause I was used to keeping busy Just to push those dark days through Now my favourite thing to do Is lie around with you Your look is magic glare And it melts my stress away Your hands have secret powers They can carry me away I've been hunting round this world For a daily dose of joy I should have looked for you, boy Sinking Sunday stays afloat when you're spending it with me Being with you reminds me to be young and glad and free Cause I was used to keeping busy just to push those dark days through Now my favourite thing to do is share whispers there with you Your look as magic glare and it away your hands have secret powers they can carry me away I've been hunting around this world I've been under rocks in numerous homes I've tried in songs I've looked in poems I've packed my bags tried other shores they've all Away. 
love the lines. I've been hunting round this world. I've been under rocks in numerous homes. I've tried in songs. I've looked in poems. I've packed my bags, tried other shores. They've always left me needing more. Yeah, it, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot packed in there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I tried poems for a while, but I just couldn't get the hang of them. So. <laughs> but songwriting, in a sense, I mean, they're poems with music. Kind of, yeah. It's a bit, a bit more. I, yeah, I don't know enough about poems to comment on them, to be honest. So maybe, like, I, I think maybe songs might have more kind of repetition, and they might be a bit more forgiving, you know, with rhyming and stuff. But there's a definite overlap. You've said to me that you're someone who got into music quite late, but it's clearly a talent that was within you because the way you write, it's quite beautiful. Oh, thanks. Um, it seems to me that it flows out of you rather than you trying really hard. It does feel like an intuitive kind of a thing. All right, I'm glad I found it. I think I was missing it. I was missing something, a kind of creative outlet. I think lots of people might be, but um, I went looking for it. <laughs> yeah, what sparked you to go looking for it? I mean, what was? that? There's always, there's something. Yeah, and it is just that I kind of was, I'd gotten myself into an office job, you know, in a just kind of into the humdrum kind of the mundane routine and mm. I just thought I need to get this Genesis story kind of more succinct but <laughs> it's just kind of um, that I just felt like it, I needed a creative outlet like I was a creative person but I didn't actually have any creative outlet I, okay. I didn't draw I didn't write I didn't do anything like that I had a very practical set of skills and it just felt like a bit of a misfit it felt like a circle in a square so what age were you when you took up guitaring and playing and writing? Because I've read that you came to it. You're not one of these who was when you were five, you had the hairbrush and you were singing in front yeah, of the mirror. Yeah, I was an adult. So I was probably older than most people <laughs> when I got to it. So, um, yeah, I think it's a little bit different. I think people stop taking up new things at a certain age for some reason. I don't mm. know why, but... Um, I don't know, like my grandmother's lived to 89 and 94, so I always feel like an infant in comparison to that. <laughs> I think we've, we've loads of time. Another line that I like in it is, you woke me from the cold nightmare, now I feel I'm bursting through from the old version with you, now I feel I'm nearly there, you woke me from the cold nightmare. Who woke you? <laughs> <laughs> um, no way to sidestep that question. It's really no. <laughs> kind of direct. <laughs> you've been if you've been listening to this podcast, then you knew this was coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah. I, I guess yeah. It was just this idea that um, you're kind of roaming around looking for something, and then you've finally found somebody who makes you feel like you can stand still with them. I don't think I'd felt like that before, so it was good to grab that moment in the song. <laughs> yeah. And I guess also this, this person helps those sinking Sundays stay afloat. <laughs> I'll mix the tea. <laughs> so, yeah, they're still making the tea. So Oh, that's, that's good. That's good. So the person that this, the content of the song is still there. That's good. Well, I hope the Sundays aren't sinking anymore. I hope you're floating now, girl. And I actually like your very last line, Until I Found You Boy. And knowing that you're from Cork, I kind of giggled and thought, oh, is that, that's your Corkism? Yeah, that gets said to me. Um, there's another line in, in one of the songs that we were listening to later, You Got Me, where somebody said it to me the other day that it came on and it made him giggle, just the pure Cork moment in it. <laughs> that I just, I, I, just, I mean, that's where, I don't know, it wasn't on purpose, but I guess I, it's nice that it's in there, you know. Yeah. Kinda. Are you a proud Cork woman? Yeah, I'm, um, yeah, like I'm very, uh, I grew up in Cork and I went to UCC and uh, my parents are from Cork and my parents' parents are from Cork and my aunts and my uncles and my brother, you know, so it's Cork as far as the eye can see. So, I mean, I'm not physically there, but I feel very much. Do you miss it? You know. Um, I don't think I'm far enough away to miss it. Like if anything's going on, I'm like, I'm in the car down the road, you know, I'm, I'm there a lot and um it's a great road. <laughs> My car just went over. Now, the reason the two lights went on in the car, like it's just gone over, is it 200,000 miles there <sighs> in the week? Because I'm doing that road a lot. So I'm, I'm at home a lot. So it's hard to miss it when I'm there, yeah. you know. Okay. Um, well, that's, that's a good thing because there's nothing worse than being away. F you know, you could be in Australia missing Cork. Yeah. And I even think maybe if I was like London, it's just, it would be, you know, a flight and 
you know, an org, it would take organizing, but I can just literally decide to go now and I, you know, I'd be there by 11, you know. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah. You're somebody that got into music late. So obviously when someone's in music younger and, and they're kind of around a scene and all. So as an adult deciding to start playing and deciding to start gigging, what was that like? Was it different? Yeah, um, I think there's like a little bit of a loneliness in some of the songs and that's probably comes across from that. Um, not lonely about it anymore. I actually kind of like that it's my thing <laughs> and that I'm doing it. But at the beginning, I think that's because I have a better idea now of what I'm doing and what mm. I'm I think at the start, like, you know, I didn't have anyone to talk to about music, really, you know. Um, my friend group is my school friends, but, you know, they, they like the things that, I, you know, that everybody likes, you know, the the Rackart Brooks or Westlife or, you know, they, they weren't at Julia Jacqueline last week, you know, like they don't know who she would be, <laughs> yeah. you know. And if a song doesn't have a chorus, if you're not really a music head and if a song doesn't have a chorus, it's kind of hard to understand sometimes you know like mm. you know these alt indie folk you know, it's more for music fans so um I, I do think it was a bit different yeah okay now the second song that you picked is funnily enough my opening notes on it it starts with a chorus this is you've got me why yeah. did you pick this one i guess that's i put that song up um that song is the kind of one that kind of got me a little bit of a community for around music you mm. know I think it's, is it the most poppy of my songs there? It's kind of a toe-tapper kind of a song. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, that, I mean, I, I wasn't on my own as much with music when I put that song out, you know, people, yeah, it just got me a bit of a music community, I suppose. Yeah, because you got a lot of airplay with that as well. Did it open doors for you, Sarah? Yeah, I think it did. And it got me just a bit of like a... A bit of a music CV, which, you know, in turn mm. gets different opportunities in front of you. So it, yeah, it was well supported, that song. Okay, well, we have a listen to it and we'll come back and chat some more. This is You've Got Me. You've got me, you've got me Down to my toes and you don't understand it You don't know that you've got me, you've got me Down to my toes
Your voice is killer. It's, <laughs> when I hear it, it's like a cross between singing and you're almost talking the words out as well in a conversation. And I mean, that's what I've got from your songs is it's very much like a conversation. I, I could imagine you sitting down saying this to me. Yeah, singing as you speak is kind of the yeah. style, all right, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that style of, you know, like I've messed around with other styles, but um, I, I like that one, so just went with it for now, you know, who knows. Obviously, you sang at home growing up to songs on the radio and all that, but when you picked up the guitar and you started writing for the first time, was this the voice that came out? Yeah, I didn't have a lot of references, which which made it nice in that it was my own thing, mm. but just really difficult for the producer. <laughs> like <laughs> we had to do a few iterations, like particularly of like some songs, you know, take a while to reveal themselves anyway. But particularly when I, I didn't know how to articulate myself, you know, and, <laughs> you know, he he's I, he's very patient. I'm very grateful. And. You just, I kind of, I was kind of rocking down with this guitar that I didn't really yet know how to play. And then there's a kind of a, there's a kind of a reggae sound of that guitar that like initially I got like a proper guitar player in to play it and his guitar was too clean for me. I was like, Mm. no, put back in the gammy (laughs) guitar. Like that's, that's the cool sound actually. Or, you know, like. I don't know. It's just um, it was very kind of just finding my sound. Like I came, to, I like I ran down with a this. I have it here somewhere like a toy. It's a toy. It's canary yellow um, Glockenspiel. That's all over those songs because I'm like the, there should be this here, but you know I'm just trying to explain without without saying I'm trying to sound like I don't know whoever you know. Yeah. Um, I was trying to figure out riffs on the keyboard even if I didn't have a keyboard or you know I was just trying to show what what it is I was trying to do and When you wrote um, that song obviously do you, do you write on guitar? Mm, yeah. But when you go into the, studio obviously the, you've got the basic you know the chord structure and all that and you have your lyrics but when you're going into studio then I mean there's more to just acoustic guitar on this there, there's lots of other things do you know when you're going in what you want? Yeah, so, I mean, it's changed massively. So my last couple of songs I've actually written on the keyboard. And the last song I would have done my own bass line. But mm. That's the first time. And there's a song there, Dream Catching, that has a kalimba, a ukulele, a guitar, a glock. And, and that's all that's on it. And I played them. But then on Magic Powers, I probably just have a few keyboard riffs and a bit of glock. And no, it's it's very collaborative with Carl. Um, I, and I kind of show him... I'm like, I have this and I'm trying to make this sound out of it and he'll help me figure out what it is I'm trying to do, you know. Mm. Um, but obviously the more I do it, the more the more capable I am of explaining myself, you know. And is it the same producer that you work with the whole time, Sarah? It has been, yeah. Like I, I've I've worked with a couple of other producers, but um, I'm, I'm back with Cardigan tomorrow, you know. Like I, I, I guess... Um, I like that particular creative relationship. I mean, there'll be others as well. You know, it's not a an exclusive relationship. Yeah. You know, but but um, I I really enjoy the stuff that we do together. So um, I guess if it's not broken, there's no need to fix it, is yeah, there? Yeah, that's like I kind of feel like I ha- in some ways I have to mingle a bit and get out into the big bad world. You know, and not just be down in one room with one person all the time. But then in the other fact, it works, so I keep with it. So it's a mixture of the two, but mo- mostly anything I've released so far has been with Carol, yeah. Yeah, cool. Any, anything upcoming is with Carol. Oh, brilliant. I also love, I mean, you open it with two choruses, you know, you've got me, you've got me. But when you go into the, the verse, I know that life leaves you on the floor. I love when the guitar and the bass comes in there. It's just real... Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I do remember like something, some, I, I think I heard people on your podcast say this before that, you know, it can be hard to recall because you're kind of in, in the creative process. It's mm. just a, it's just a moment that you're, it's more subconscious than conscious. So it, it's, but I do remember the guitar because he was like, put it, he was playing something. I was like, no. And then he'd do another thing. And I was like, no. And then you know, the thing I was like, yes. Oh, that's the one, you know, and it was kind of just, and then he, you know, he he ha- happened to be pressing record at the time, and uh, I just kind of felt like 
that was the cherry on the top of that song. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. and it's actually, that's the song, I guess, I think that introduced me to you. Yeah, I would imagine. Like that, because you are a music head <laughs> and a music fan, like you probably, you know, come across artists, you know, when they're starting out. You know, you're you're probably come to, to come to artists before the general public. So I would imagine... My guest on the first episode of this season, Johnny Hansen, he said a beautiful thing. He said, we need more tastemakers like you. And I thought, yeah. wow, what, 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 a, what a way to put it. Because I'm yeah. somebody that I quite literally, I'll go on Spotify and, you know, when you play the artist that you like, but when it comes to the end, it then starts playing similar artists. And I've discovered mm. so many people that way. And it's beautiful. Yeah, I have as well. It's, a, it's I know, Spotify isn't great for the artists, but it is great for the listener. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great. It is a good discovery too, to be fair to it. Growing up, um, who would have been your influences? Who did you listen to? Who influenced you and made you, set you, help you to go on the road that you're on now? You know, I think we're all, we all kind of look to what our parents are listening to, to mm. some degree. And Who do they I listen to? They listened to, like, Blondie and ABBA and um, Gilbert O'Sullivan and Frank Sinatra. And, you know, I suppose all the kind of Irvin Berling, like may, maybe just particular songs. But, but I think all the songs, that there was always good lyrical content, you know, it wasn't a focus on music and I think that stayed with me, you know, the the idea that this, there's a story in, in every song, kind of. And when you listen and when you discover new music and you're listening to it, do you have a particular ear for the lyrics so as opposed to some people might be into the music or the melody? Would yeah. you have a particular interest in the words? Yeah, I'd hear every lyric the first time, you know, I'd, like I wouldn't miss a, miss a lyric. <laughs> it's, I kind of mightn't even hear the music until the second time, like, and uh, I'd probably be in under the lyric. What do they mean by that? But, you know, <laughs> straight away, like, uh, that's just where I had to, you know, and I guess everyone's different. Um, I I didn't know that, though. I thought everybody listened to lyrics, but it's not the case. No, no, not at all. (laughs) So how does that translate then to when you write? Are you the type of person, is it, do you pick up the guitar and start strumming and playing a tune? Or could you be sitting at home and you write the lyrics and then you'll come with the tune to that? What's your process? Or does it vary from song to song? Yeah, it's all of the above. Um, Often, like, songwriting is weird in that like it can be really like it you got me was just written like it just came out fully formed in half an hour but that's not to say that songwriting is effortless like it's really hard <laughs> um mm. like it might take a month of failing before you get the half an hour you know so it's a it's not a linear or easy to explain kind mm. of thing um so yeah maybe like fail every night for a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden this thing arrives you know um but i don't really put that much pressure on myself i don't have to because i it would only come from me, the pressure. So if, if songs arrive, which they do, I, I just catch them when I can, you know. Yeah, because Chris Martin from Coldplay sees himself as a vessel and he's blessed and the lyrics and the songs just literally come through him. And with him, it's like a three o'clock in the morning job. And yeah. I, it and sounds I, kind of lofty though. Like I don't feel like, <laughs> I feel more gr- like on the ground than Chris Martin being a vessel. But I do... I do get the idea that no, I I don't know. I think there's a little bit of work involved. I think um, no, 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 no. I get that. No, I get that. And 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 it's a question I always I'm, I'm always interested because I guess every songwriter is different. Everyone has a different way. Everyone has a different muse or a different vibe. Or they like to be, you know, they have to have certain conditions around them. I'm, I'm always interested though as to what the process is for everybody because it's different for everybody. I guess. Yeah. Have you tried to write songs? Yeah. Donkeys years ago, I used to play uh, with bands and yeah, I used to write songs. I could never play an instrument, you see. So I was always great at writing lyrics. And I may not have a melody for it, but I'd have the lyrics. But then I would explain. Usually, you see, my my thing is when I used to play with bands, I'd sit down with the guitarist and I'd explain to him what the song was about, where I was coming from it, the emotion behind it. So then they'd go away and come back with something and then I'd fit a melody in around that. That's That was how I used to do it. Yeah, yeah. So that's a very defined process. Yeah, no, it's... I don't know. I, uh, it's just so different every time, you know, for... For, for a lot of people but I'm one of those people yeah <laughs> and are you one of those that goes around now with a well in my day it used to be a notebook where you'd write down because I could be on a bus you could be anywhere and a lyric would come to you does that happen to you too? 
oh yeah like and then i have to clear time in the calendar like i have 1200 voice notes at the minute um no some of them are the same thing me just trying to like I, i'm saying a sentence and then the next one is i've gotten further with it and then the next one i've got and, and actually I'll, I'll get you know they're just short and i'll get down through them really quickly but um yeah there's a lot of catching as you go I love the line I know that life leaves you on the floor and you're choking pleading always needing more no one understands that better than me so how could the two of us ever become three yeah they're very like when you read them back there's a lot they are quite demanding the lyrics and you know they demand attention so I suppose it's good that that song if you don't listen to lyrics there's enough kind of in the beat to occupy you but um yeah, it's a bit dramatic, those lyrics. <laughs> but um, if you can't be dramatic in a song, what, what's the point? <laughs> that's true, that's true. And yeah, because there's a lot in it. I love the line, running in a hoop to get your story straight, <laughs> but then we stop and have a pint. Of course, I think you're great. Yeah, it's kind of messing, messing, fooling around. But yeah, of course, you know, someone tripping over their words, trying to talk their way out of the muddle. Uh, the muddle. That's that muddle that we're fighting by noon. You whip me up in your hurricane. You spin me round, shouting at the ceiling, pummeling the ground. That's a bit dramatic. Yeah, the drama. I mean, not, there hasn't been shouting and pummeling, but it's just conjuring up, just borrowing images, you know. <laughs> to, and there hasn't been hurricanes, but um, just ways of trying to explain when there's an extreme spark or, you know, extreme. I think at the beginning of a relationship can be kind of, when people are, when you're trying to figure the relationship out, it can be quite a volatile time, you know. Mm. Fun too, though. Yeah, well, yeah. Once there's, once it kind of calms, I don't think you could stay in that stage permanently. You know, I don't think it would be a sustainable thing. But uh, yeah, I think there can be a volatility to new things, and maybe that's just what's trying to be captured there. Yeah, because I guess relationships that work, it takes a lot of hard work for them to work. When you think yeah. that you've got people coming from different backgrounds with different interests and now you have to share everything mm. in the sense that, you know, it's two roads coming together into one motorway. So there has to be, I guess, a bit of give and take and there's a little bit of dancing around and figuring each other out. Yeah, there. Yeah, it, it does change, doesn't it? Like that. that's kind of, you know, a new relationship. The trouble that you have in a new relationship is very different. The trouble... The trouble is a bit quieter and a bit, you know, in the later on, but might be, it's just a different type of thing, yeah. And and it's, um, yeah, it's good to have tried to capture it there, you know, so that we have it now. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> That's it. Ha- like you can, you know, it, it is, yeah, it's fun. You say in the chorus, you've got me, you've got me, I'm caught in the whirl of it. You've got me, you've got me down to my toes. Yeah, I'm, yeah, that those lines work. I they would have been ones that I just said, you know, I, I don't know why, but um, when I read them back, I just thought like, oh, I think I'm not going to edit them. I think I'll just, I think down to my toes, you know, that, that kind of idea that someone has you. Completely. Yes. I mean, if I had another way of saying it, I probably would have said it. Yeah. So I'm trying to explain it with other words, but maybe I've already explained it in the song. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing I always find, and I say to every guest that I have on, because I think you're very brave because ultimately you're putting your thoughts, your feelings, possibly something in your life, you're putting it out there. And once you record it and put it out there, it's out there forever and it's out there for all to hear. Yeah, that's something that, you know, when you're starting to do this, you have to navigate. And maybe when I kind of did one song and then I kind of thought, Is, do I really want to do this to myself? But um, at the same time, the way I see it is there's nothing that interesting about me either. Like, all I'm talking about is having a boyfriend and a fight. Like, who hasn't done that? You know what I mean? Or, you know, all I'm talking, you know, I don't have anything going on that everybody else doesn't have going on. And that kind of calms me back down, you know, and someone hears a song and they don't like it like okay <laughs> like what's what that's what has to change in my day about that you know maybe as you get older it gets harder to kind of get caught up caught up in all that stuff but but i just think that we're all actually 
I'm only talking about things that we've all gone through, you know. And that, there's nothing untoward there. Yeah, because I giggled when I was listening to the song and I, and I just love, it's it's back and I've read these lines out already. The, we're fighting by noon. You whip me in your hurricane, you spin me around shouting at the ceiling. But then it's like, but then we stop and have a pint. Yeah. You know, it it's... All it takes. Yeah. You're just like, and I, you know, like, you're like, what are we like? Like killing each other yesterday and now here we are having a great time, you know, and yeah, it's just like humans are, but can be a bit ridiculous, a bit silly, you know, but we all can. I, I don't think I'm the only one and no. that's why I'm not like ashamed or, you know, like... I don't feel brave about saying, I feel honest, you know, but I think if everyone else was honest about it, they'd have been there too. <laughs> and do you find when you write, is honesty a big part of your songwriting? Do you think it's important to be honest? Actually, I think um, I was probably more honest here in the early days because I, like that, I was just kind of writing for the fun of it. And now that I know that I might be writing to release, <laughs> I'm like trying to not filter out, you know, mm. um, uh, but um, again, yeah, I just keep reminding myself that like all I'm talking about are human experiences, you know, um, and that keeps me, that keeps me kind of on the honest route, you know. And do you find now that there's a pressure because you're writing to release as opposed to in the early days you were writing finding yourself, finding your place within yeah. the scene or finding just your place within songwriting, getting on top of becoming a better guitarist, becoming a better songwriter. But now you're getting out there, you're playing a lot, your name is, you know, people are starting to know who you are and now you're writing for releases. So is there a pressure? Is there more of a pressure in that now for you? Luckily, no. I mean, this is like, these. it's really funny because I think me and you could have this exact conversation in six months time and I'd have four different songs <laughs> <laughs> and I'd have loads of pressure or you know what I mean but, but what I can talk about is at the minute I was really I was a bit nervous about a podcast because I haven't done a long form interview like sure. this but uh, you're probably picking up on my nerves a little bit but <laughs> yeah, <sure>. listen <laughs> we're two people having a waffle about yeah. the thing you love to do the most yeah and it is you know it is about music and I I suppose I just always I, I think I've kind of gotten to the point now where I'm like I think I'm just going to do songwriting you know mm. that's just what I'm going to do I was watching a documentary the other night called um, The Hundred Foot Wave and it's just about this guy Gareth McNamara and he's you know a big wave surfer mm. um, but there was just a scene in it where he was like you know he feels more at home in the sea than on the land and you know he kind of knew that like he did the surfing and then he got married and had kids and he knew he had to kind of cut it out and he got like a shop and he tried to settle down and all that was happening he was just kind of miserable in this you know he wasn't in the sea he wasn't being who he was and it wasn't helping his family at all because you know because he was just kind of miserable and kind of going off on a, a right tangent here but i just kind of recognized it you know he, he was just like i'm just a surfer it's just what i'm going to do and that's kind of the long and short of it and anything that kind of comes from that great you know <laughs> i can feel like a little bit like i think i'll just try and it you know as much as i can i'll just try and do this and um you're like him you're searching for the hundred foot wave i don't even know that you know i just think i just think I don't, I suppose because I'm not signed or anything, the pressure, I'm just reminding myself there is no pressure. Mm. Like I can stop tomorrow, <laughs> you know. Mm. So, so if I'm feeling under pressure, I shouldn't be doing it. So that, that's where I am right now. I'm kind of in a Zen place, but oh, yeah, ask me in a, ask me in a month. I could be up to 90 panicking, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but right now I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I actually um, saw that documentary. It's fantastic. Did you? Oh yeah, yeah. God, I absolutely well, I love loved it. Um, and yeah. I wouldn't be a fan of, I just thought, Here's a guy who set out, he wanted to find and surf the biggest wave he could possibly find. And my God, the size of the wave. I mean, there was, there was a shadow. <laughs> the wave was that big. Yeah. And yeah, it's just that scene where he's like, he, he's just saying like, I feel more comfortable in water than out of water. Mm. I mean, there is a little bit of that now for me. Like there's been one or two times where I've having a tough day and then like since post pandemic I've gone on stage and it's been like the calmest I've felt, you know. Mm. Like this is, you know, weird. But and that that it didn't start out like that, but that's where it's ended up. I mean I was So it's a place you feel really comfortable with. It's a place that makes sense for me. It, like I just well, I do get nervous, but I guess, you know, it's a very connected place. You know, when you're when you're singing 
song singer songwriter and people are listening and you're talking about the songs or I don't know I just I just yeah there's something about Garrett McNamara and his hundred foot wave anyway that kind of resonated with you yeah you could maybe even name an EP or an album that yeah I've rode my 100 foot wave (laughs) anyway we're going to move on to the third song and it's the very beautiful dream catching so why did you pick this one Sarah so I suppose the songs that mean something to me at the minute are these like that one's out next week Um, you know so these are the songs that I wrote I recorded I performed I've lived with them you know they'll mean a lot to me and, and then you know I'll move on but this is one of those I think this song is nice because I play the instruments on it like I mean you know and I suppose I've kind of felt like I was getting into the groove of expressing who I wanted to be as an artist and what I wanted to kind of sound like mm-hmm. um, and it kind of came around the time that kid you know there's a time when you're in school and in college and there's not really any kids in your life because you were the kid and you're growing up and then I started having nieces and you know one or two friends started having kids and and so kids were back in my life so that there was like a childish thing you know where I was thinking oh go catch your dreams you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of went into that yeah there's something uh, I find it it's very lullaby like there's it's lullaby-esque yeah. to it and like I found it's it's very soothing that you know the little bell sound is, it, it reminds mm. me at the very start it's like that sound you know when you open a jewellery box and when, yeah. when the little figurine goes yeah. around and like I find that very soothing yet there's still there's also something kind of scary about that sound kind of freaky <laughs> yeah and I, I kind of pushed it I had done um, <laughs> a demo of that and I had um, kids kind of playing in the background I had a, a sample of kids playing at the summer camp and uh <laughs> exactly what you're saying there is kind of kind of childlike and interesting but also kids giggling it was kind of reminiscent of a, a horror movie <laughs> so I took it back out and I think as well I was kind of banging people over the head with kids this is childish like there was already a ukulele and a glockenspiel and kind of a lullaby thing like I didn't you know I was kind of hamming it up a bit too much so I took it back out but yeah that, that I have that instrument there um, a kalimba that was kind of one of those weird things that I came across it in a shop when I was on my holidays and like again like I didn't play music at the time but when I picked it up it just sounded like dreaming to me hmm. if, if dreaming had a sound that's what it would be I think and uh, and so I just took it home with me and uh Years later, I actually ended up playing music. So It was meant to be. So when, so when I took it out, I wrote this song on that. Okay, so we'll have a listen to it and we'll come back and we'll chat some more. Yeah. This is Sarah Buckley's third song that she has chosen. This is the very short but very, very sweet Dream Catching. your dreams with me Come follow through this murky mystery Laced in fun fair type of fear On a path that's delightfully unclear Come catch dreams with me You'll be lost but feeling free You'll be full of life cause you'll see That it's not what they said it should The plans that we made being obscure But we'll put our cold feet in the warmth of a dream And we'll write on our wishes again Come catch your dreams with me Come follow through this flowing mystery Flow with me in career We'll know where we're going when we're there Come catch dreams with me but feeling free You'll be full of life Cause you'll see That it's not what they said it should be La 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 Come 
love it. I absolutely love that. There's just so much. I, I have so much stuff written all across the lyrics here. <laughs> so great, much stuff. Because it's so short that, you know, to be able to pick anything from but it. But there is so much <laughs> in it. I mean, my favourite lines in it are, but we'll put our cold feet in the warmth of a dream and we'll ride on our wishes again. There's something gorgeous okay. about that. Yeah, when you're doubting yourself, you just, yeah, put your cold feet, warm yourself back up with the idea of a dream. Um yeah, I, I mean, I am someone who thinks you should go do the things, you know. <laughs> I got you know, I, I do move around and tick the bucket list and, you know, kind of get things. You think it's important to do that? Yeah, you know, as much as I know there has to be a level of responsibility as well, but um, I think it's possible to be both <laughs> responsible and also <laughs> tick your bucket list. Well, I mean, obviously, maybe if you everybody's situation is different, but... um. Yeah, as much as possible. I think it's it's important to yeah do I'm, things, you know. Yeah, and making excuses. Like I, I see that song in three parts, right? When I was listening to it, I heard three parts in it. You've the opening two verses, and there's two lines in particular. There's the opening two verses, then there's the bridge bit in the middle, and then there's the last two verses, and that's how I kind of broke it up, right? And mm-hmm. like the second line, come follow through this murky mystery. And then in in the third part of the song, come follow through this flowing mystery. And there's a huge difference there. It's like the first bit is like you're taking these tentative steps, but you're afraid. And then come come the end of it, it's like, you know, just come flowing through your your flowing mystery. Yeah, thanks for um, thanks for taking the time to look at the lyrics like that. <laughs> it means a lot because... Yeah, some talk goes into them, so it's nice when somebody actually, you know, looks into them. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it is that idea of just because you've decided to do something, you know, it doesn't mean you're not going to doubt it or be unsure or double back on yourself mm. or, you know, question it. But And there'll be moments where it's great and there'll be moments where you're like, what am I doing? And, you know, you just kind of power on through all of those you know I think it's what the little song is trying to kind of say you know and with yourself I mean you got into it late you said you didn't really know anybody in the music industry nobody Mm. to bounce it off so who did you eventually bounce it off I mean who was the person that helped you go dream catching um like in some ways I mean that remains to be seen but Mm. one candidate (laughs) is Carl just because he has stuck with me you know over the years and I kind of describe it to him you know that like I went down to him almost like a toddler and he kind of taught me how to walk and I was like I'm gonna have to go out into the big bad world now and try and do a few bits play a few gigs maybe record elsewhere you know and then go back and you know because Carl was very um he's a very experienced producer um and you know, so it meant a lot that he would work with me when I was so inexperienced. Because he's worked with Gemma Hayes, David Kiss. Yeah, a big kind of, yeah, he's he's very kind of capable. Um, and, and so, yeah, it just meant a lot that he would kind of, and he's just a good producer. He just, he gets me in, in a music sense and mm. he, he sticks with it and, you know, he doesn't make me feel like, you know, because when you don't have a band so maybe if you have a band you can do the iterations in the rehearsal studio and you can jam and and you arrive maybe more ready to go but when it's just you you have to do the iterations in the studio and I don't think everyone would have the patience for that I don't know but you know it it sounds like it would be very annoying (laughs) if you were the producer you know so and, and he didn't make me feel like I was annoying really so he he's somebody who I've worked with on an ongoing basis And then, I mean, there are other people who've been really nice to me. Like somebody that, a band that really means a lot to me are Ham Sandwich because they've, again, kind of given me a really nice stage a few times. You know, they gave me my first couple of gigs in Cork. They, I supported them in, in St. Luke's and in the Triscoll. And nice venues. Yeah, you know, just really kind of, just, just because they like to support grassroots artists you know like they, they were sold out gigs they didn't you know they were just being nice <laughs> um and that's really nice that's a really great sign but let's face it they wouldn't have given it to you if you weren't talented either and if they didn't think you were good um i yeah i mean i i hope 
I hope that they that they thought there was you know yeah exactly but um but it just means that 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 would be something that would mean a lot so yeah there's been like moments where you know you find a producer that's really good to work with or you find a band that's really supportive or anybody who's given me a support has been I, I really am grateful because as you say there's probably a list of names you know that they would take that slot you know so it always means it just I find it really humbling <laughs> when they when you get the call to say actually you know we'd like we'd like to have you there with us on the night I think it's always a nice thing um, yeah so um those are probably the people but so, so I don't know if if that even answers the question. yeah no it absolutely absolutely yeah. it does it because as I was saying like I I kind of see the first part of the song is you're tentatively kind of stepping out then that middle part where there'll be days where you're feeling unsure about the plans that we made being obscure that to me it's it's the turning point of the story in the song in that it's mm. it's somebody going do you know what this is going to be okay we're, we're, we're in yeah. this and then Sorry. I think it kind of tends to then it's like okay come follow me through the flowing mystery float with me in career we'll know where we're going when we're there the fear is being taken out yeah, I, I think that's still me, though. I think it might just be having your own back later on. You know, you're kind of mm. just you're starting off and you're doubting yourself and then you're kind of having your own back and you're saying, actually, let's, you know, you're, you're fine. Keep going. You, you know, this is what you're doing. And, and um, yeah, was, uh, so maybe there isn't a third party in that song. Yeah, I think it's more me giving advice to like a, a baby, a child. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I guess that's the beauty of of lyrics and, and that's why I love this because I listen to the songs and I immerse myself in the songs for a couple of days and obviously I get a meaning from it mm. but it's also it's lovely to hear what your meaning is because you wrote it but that's the yeah. beauty of songs and it is like I do try to leave it loose in that I, I don't I'm not even entirely sure myself you know as it got, sometimes I know that it has two like if you listen to it once, it has one meaning. If you listen to it again, it has another meaning. And, and I leave it at that because I mm. think that can be interesting, that duality in a song. Yeah, and I, I guess that's all to do with moods and feelings and where we're at at that time. Now, I also had a read. You ended up in Nashville in the summer just gone, correct? Yeah, yeah. How did that happen? I just was... Yeah, I just had, I got supported to go on um, a songwriting trip. So I went to a songwriting camp just outside Nashville for a week. And then it was like a retreat. And then I spent some time in the actual city as well. It was, it was great. It was my first time co-writing. Who did you work with over there? No big names, just um, other songwriters. But, um, and I didn't go recording. I kind of very much just went to see I guess like what we were talking about like just to you know other songwriters because because I wouldn't have a, a, a lot of them in my life so yeah and we all hung out and and, and co-wrote and we have a, a whatsapp group and uh, how was that I have two co-writes this week on zoom and you know it's Class. just yeah I mean it was it was real um so obviously the the great pause um, took, <laughs> took the life out of out of this stuff, you know, no matter what way you spin it, mm. particularly for someone like, you know, you have your your McFlannerys who were able to kind of go online and do a live stream and people bought tickets and there was a hundred of them and that worked but like I had one song out you know like I like I couldn't live off that for two years in a lockdown you know mm. like I was in a different place so even like one musician's experience would be very different to another musician depending on if you already have an album out maybe maybe you could do a bit more online and how did you find that two-year period for you as a, a songwriter and a performer I can see how it might have worked for some people but I don't think it really worked for me okay um you know, I I guess like I appreciated, you know, we all went through, I think there's a cycle that we might have all went through where we went through the part where we were kind of glad at the slower pace and then kind of bored and then kind of going mad you know? <laughs> and then it was over. And you would think that when you stop and lock writers in a room that they'd do nothing but write but that's not really how things work you know what I mean? plenty of musicians I know they didn't play at all they didn't write they didn't spend the yeah, time and then others inspiring. wrote loads so but those that didn't write exactly what you said they said there was nothing to inspire me 
are kind of motivated as well was the mm. thing there wasn't a lot of motivation around the place but um just like entire you know any support systems fell away and if anything went wrong you know if there if there was anyone got sick or there was a bereavement or anything like it was just a very complicated time then mm. when things arose you know and it wasn't normal conditions to no be. No. Trying to get yourself, you know, w- working on things as well. It's kind of nice. It's in the rear view mirror in a way, isn't it? Mm. Those times are. Yeah. Not the virus that's still there, but it's nice that we've moved on and we're living with it and we're back to normal in a way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the fourth song that you've picked and the final song is a fabulous song called Louisiana. Why did you pick this one? So these four songs are going to be on my first EP in January and there's one other song called Can't Explain. And I suppose I started writing and then I, I wrote, I was telling you, I, I wrote and then I kind of had personal pause. And then I was kind of wondering, am I going to bother? Like, it was very unclear to me what why I was doing it or, you know, it can be really difficult music. It, it can be confusing and unclear and I just had lost, I just... I'd lost kind of belief in myself maybe a little bit and then um, I was on a road trip around the deep south and one of the stops was New Orleans and um, there was a man, an elderly man with the jazz hat on and all sitting on a bench playing music and um, it was just like, I don't know, he just like, he just struck me. It was really sunny and he was really happy and it just kind of reminded me that that's all it kind of needs to be, you know, is, is a nice song and a nice day. And mm. like he, he wasn't busking or anything. He was just, it just something kind of um, resonated with me that like he's just doing what he is and who he is, you know, and maybe that's all you, you need to do too. And and you, you'll feel more content. You'll feel more in line with yourself. I don't know how to, you know. Yeah, and, uh, makes sense. I, there's a the old streetcar is still in operation there in New Orleans and um, I just got on the streetcar to kind of have a spin and a contemplate and and I sang that song into my phone. It was one of those that just arrived and I found it later on and I I just left it the way it was. I think I think it worked for me. Yeah, it's gorgeous. The opening lines, I fell in love again, Louisiana's way. Something happened when I saw the jazz man play. He'd no tip jar. He just had something to say. I fell in love again down Louisiana's way. (laughs) Yeah, just seeing the the spark again. Yeah, and that's beautiful. That's beautiful, especially in any walk of life, but especially when you're doing music and you lose your way a little bit. And that happens with with musicians. And it's kind of devastating when it does happen because it's kind of like, what the... But it's beautiful that something so simple, there was a guy just doing it because he loved doing it. Nothing more. He had no tip jar. He wasn't doing it to earn money. He was just singing for the sake of singing. Yeah, yeah. None of, there's no metrics or, yeah. you know, deadlines or dates or, you Yeah, know, no pressure. Just, just doing it all for the love. Fun. Yeah. And it just kind of, it just brings you back to the essence of, of, of what, you know, why you should sing and why you should write, you know. Okay, well, we'll have a listen to it. So this is Sarah's final song that she's picked on this week's podcast. And this is the very beautiful Louisiana. I fell in love again down Louisiana's way. Something happened when I saw the jasmine play He'd no tip jar, he just had some things to say I fell in love again down Louisiana's way Turning the carousel, a voodoo magic storm A streetcar rattled over It was a carnival, a big easy set to sway I fell in love again down Louisiana's way 
certainly was a place, it seems from the song, that it was a trip that was one of those moments where you can go, mm, changed everything. It's a cool spot. It's just so full of life, you know. Now, I did land on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I arrived into the thick of it. It was dancing and music and, you know. Um, Good way to arrive into it, though, eh? Yeah, yeah. And the, the carousel is a, is a bar that, you know, you can sit at the carousel and it, it turns while you drink. And um, there's still beads there from the Mardi Gras Festival. Wow. Um, yeah, it's just there's voodoo shops everywhere. I don't know what else is in there. The Spotted Cat Club is uh, is a club I recommend if you're in the area. <laughs> I love your use um, of imagery, though. You really create in that second, like a turning carousel, a voodoo magic store, the streetcar rattled over, beads thrown on the floor. It was a carnival, the Big Easy set to sway. I fell in love again down Louisiana's way. Like when I heard you sing that, I was just sitting there and you created the scene for me. Hopefully, yeah, because I don't think a lot of people have gotten to be in New Orleans. So just trying to explain what it's like mm. is um, is a nice thing. Its nickname is the Big Easy yeah. <laughs> and the, its river that flows through it is the Mississippi. So, yeah, there is a lot of information again. <laughs> yeah, there's, there, 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 is, there is loads. But you have the knack of being able to put it all into a song and make a rhyme. <laughs> so there is a poet in you. And I also love the line and it, and it kind of, I guess it explains how the place changed you or what it meant. It was that eureka moment. Who knew that it would hit like a southern train? All I'd learned before would be in vain. Who knew that deep down south where buskers play, I'd fall in love again down Louisiana's way. Yeah, the the buskers are like the best buskers you'll see. I'd love to go back now that I'm a and uh, that I could play music a bit more and um, like because at the time I was blown away by them <laughs> but now that I want to stop music a bit more I'd love to see them through this lens you know and why don't you? yeah maybe I will yeah <laughs> there's nothing stopping you remember you fall in love again down Louisiana's way <laughs> I know you, you kind of want to keep it at what it was you know <laughs> just preserve it as that great moment and, and maybe true, don't true. go back don't go back and take it, take from it. Or you might add to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's in the pipeline now? What's happening for you over the next few months? How busy are you going to be? I mean, you've got EPs coming out. You go on your site and you've, you've been playing a lot of gigs, so I assume that there's more coming. So what kind of busy 2023 are you going to have with the new music out? Yeah, hopefully it'll be busy. So I've Dreamcatching's out next week and, and Louisiana's out in January and then that EP with those four tracks and one more will be out probably the end of January and then I have another EP that's getting finished tomorrow hopefully and um, and, and that'll be good to go kind of you know in March maybe or you know pretty, okay. pretty much straight away and then gigs yeah I'm going on a writing retreat in January and I have one or two gigs lined up but I guess those gigs that I've been doing are support slots so I don't have a lot of control over them and that they come in so when they come in but um, I need to book maybe I'll probably do my own gig in Cork and Dublin you know just to I, I haven't really been doing my own gigs <laughs> so I think it might be time time to come easy. out from behind the support <laughs> slot and make it your um, night and get somebody else in to open for you so um, I think Cork might be the, the place to start with that. Where would you have it in Cork? Any idea where you'd like to do your EP launches? I, if they'd um, have me, I'd go to Collins, I think. Um, I, I supported Gemma Hayes there recently and it just seemed like a perfect kind of venue for singer-songwriter, you know, the right size, right app. I love that little room. I've I've, mm. I've been in there plenty of times and heard some beautiful noise come out of that little room. There's something yeah. special about it, isn't there? So, yeah, we're, we're kind of hatching plans here now and I haven't even been on to them, but <laughs> we'll, uh, that'll be one option. I'm sure there's others if, you know, if, yeah. if, if it didn't work out. But, um, yeah, so, so, so maybe so I'm hoping 2023 will be busy. But, I'm yeah. sure it will be. And what's some fabulous music to boot as well. Sarah, it's been 
wonderful to have you on. Yeah, thanks very much. I was saying to you, I was kind of nervous, but um, I think we got through it. <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. And I look forward to seeing you live when you're down here in Cork. Yeah, great. Thanks a million.